You are listening to the Faith, Love, and Relationship Podcast with Melvin Davis. I am sure that you heard of the Savior Complex. This is not a new term that I've that I've made up. Um, if you Google it, you'll you'll find some information on it. Um, but I want to talk about it in the context of Christian dating, um, Christian courtship, and I think it's a really good um, topic to explore and. Maybe if you haven't heard of it, as I talk about it, I'm sure it will resonate within you. So when you Google the Savior Complex, you know, what it come up is someone, um, a white knight syndrome, uh, basically meaning someone who wants to be a savior or help people out. Um, and this is essentially anyone who has a good heart. If you have a good heart, uh, if you see someone that's in need, um, they're struggling or they're battling something, you want to do something about it. You you want to put on your Superman, your Superwoman cape, um, and and help that person. And that's and that's a good thing. That's there's nothing wrong with that. However, when it comes to Christian dating. Christian courting, it can be a negative. It can be problematic uh, for you and the person. This is something that that I used to deal with, and mainly in my college day, my college years, I dealt with the savior complex and not really conscious of, uh, or aware of my. I guess you can call it dating, dating patterns, um, and my own, you know, behaviors. But as I, you know, as I've gotten, as I matured, I began to just analyze, uh, you know, myself, my interactions, my behavior, um, what type of women that I was drawn to or what type of women that I attracted. And, and then that's when I began to realize like, okay, I can't. I got to get rid of this savior complex. So when you Google it, you'll find something about um, a white knight syndrome um, describes the need to save people by fixing their problems. That's that's the uh, a definition that I found um, when you Google savior complex. Um, given that definition and what that and how it's defined. Um, within Christian dating, Christian, Christian courtship, I define the savior complex as someone trying to be Christ to someone that they are, they are either in love with or are interested in. So the savior complex within the context of Christian dating, uh, Christian, uh, courting 
it's someone who's trying to be Christ um, to a person that they are in love with or have uh, a romantic interest in. And before I go for further, I want to pray for us. Um, it's always my aim. Uh, the goal is for the Lord to speak and for Melvin to stay out of uh, this discussion. I want the Spirit of God to uh, speak uh, through me um, and speak, you know, to the core of your heart. So I'm going to pray and then I'm going to continue. Holy Spirit, I ask you um, to reveal the heart of the Father to me in this um, in this discussion of the Savior complex. I ask you that you um, will guide my thoughts, um, that you'll guide my words, um, that your your presence will manifest um, in someone's heart um, as I engage um, in this topic of the sacred complex. I pray for eyes to be open, for ears, uh, that you would give your people ears to hear um, that you will remove the scales from um, whoever's eyes um, of those who are listening uh, to this message um, and I pray that you will just fill them with your uh, with your love um, fill them with knowledge and revelation of who Jesus Christ is um, our Lord and Savior and it's in your name, Jesus, that I pray. Amen. So the Savior complex within uh, the sphere of, of Christian dating is defined as um, you're, you're trying to be Christ to someone you're in love with or have a romantic interest in. And when I was a lot younger, um, and it's not to say that I live the way that I live now, um, like I wasn't as committed in the Lord that I, in, in, in pursuing God in the way that I am now, um, but I still had the conviction of the Holy Spirit in my life, um, always God conscious of of things that I've done since that I committed, you know, there was definitely repentance there, um, and in situations that I got involved in, um, there was that, you know, um, the Holy Spirit speaking to me. Um, and you know, this is like, and this is probably like, you know, really one of the, how can I say signs, um, that I was called to the ministry. Um, because, you know, I would, you know, for example, would want to date someone and, and just through, you know, you know, uh, discernment that your, the, you know, God would just open my eyes, uh, to see that person's heart, to see things that were, they were struggling with, you know, to see their wounds. And, you know, Jesus will say to me, are you, are you going to are you going to minister uh, to my sheep or are you going to try to do what you want to do in your flesh? 
and that began to happen like all the time and you know as as a younger man I used to get frustrated because you know on one hand I wanted to I wanted to date or wanted to get physical and then the Lord would just intervene and I would just end up ministering instead and you know I I've heard just you know a lot of stories of, of a lot of things that um, women were have have experienced or were dealing with that 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 specific time of me trying to pursue them and you know I would I would hear um, very uh, personal horrid situations that they've gone through and you know in, in those instances I it was a conviction that came over me where I had to put my romantic interests aside um, to either listen um, or offer godly counsel and and that began to happen um so much that it caught my it got my attention um to see that i was you know i was called to to the ministry so i was in 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 many instances being very um pastoral or offering offering godly counsel or or you know sharing wisdom or just being a listening ear or a presence because you know, if you if you put the spirit of God aside and walk in your flesh, you're going to just add on to the dysfunction and the hurt and the wounds um, and the rejection that people are dealing with. So that, you know, that, you know, that's when I say conviction, all of those things um, were just, you know, just just signs and like lights that were just going off um, in my mind in, in those situations. And, you know, I going back to the savior complex, like I wanted to, you know, make that person better or, or to help them heal. And, you know, I find myself, you know, uh, in a lot of situations where I'm, I'm being a healer or a, or a counselor. And, and there were some women that I, um, that I had been interested in and I wanted to, I wanted to save them so that they can be with me. And I found myself trying to be Christ to women that I have fell in love with or wanted to pursue and be with. And I had to eventually, you know, check myself because the danger of trying to be Christ to someone um, who may not be there or may not even know the Lord at all or may not have a strong relationship um, with God in the way that you do is that you can you can actually delay um, or disrupt you know their journey and process to becoming who they are in Christ just because you love that person or you like them and the end trying to be Christ to that person and trying to save them you can actually cause um, damage and those are the kinds of things that I began to to recognize um, you know when I was you know much younger and and even now when you you know when I meet people um, and I, I want to share this quote um, you know as I said before you know I'm going to pull quotes from things that I posted on Instagram 
And, you know, I, I believe that this quote is so profound, not because, you know, it came from me, but from the wisdom of God that you, you really have to, you know, one, be real with yourself. And by that, I mean, you have to examine your heart, examine your motives, and you have to, uh, you know, look at the reality of situations, people that you're, you, you know, that you might be currently dating or you have an interest in, you have to look at the reality through the eyes of Christ to see what he's showing you and what he's saying. And this is a quote. I said, consider where a person is at emotionally, mentally, and spiritually before entering a relationship. You must know what their heart and understanding can handle and to what extent they're able to love you. Building something with someone without certain without without certain foundations within them could cause a relationship to crumble. It could also hinder their process of becoming who they are in Christ. Growth also happens at the pace we're willing to surrender to God and arriving at a place of knowing his ways are better than ours. And this is this is like really key and, and, and this is also this is also good to know. You you gotta have like certain lenses or uh you have to be able to go into going into a situation um having certain scopes and lenses in mind um to gauge a person through. You can't walk in blindly and pursue someone just because they are physically attractive or be, or because they are Christian or because, you know, you connect with someone on an intellectual and emotional level. Um, all of those things are, are important there and they are good um, and do play um, an intricate uh, part in um, getting to know someone and, and then in many ways discerning if that situation is worth pursuing or not. Um, but you have to consider where a person is at emotionally and by emotionally, I'm, I'm referring to, um, being emotional, emotionally available, you know, something, uh, I forgot to, to write this quote down because I'm, you know, God is always, is constantly pouring, you know, his wisdom upon me, which is how I get these quotes. I mean, there, this is like daily. It is, it is drop, you know, it's like Bluetooth. They come out and they, God gives them to me. And he's always downloading some, something to me. And I, and I should have, have, you know, have written this down. Um, but it was something along the lines of maybe a Proverbs woman, uh, is a woman that's emotionally available. Or if you're not emotionally available, um, you know, you have scales in your eyes or you can't see um, who God has brought into your life or, who, or you know, who he's trying to bring into your life. And so, it, you know, you have to consider where a person is at emotionally. And if they have the 
the emotional intelligence and maturity to be able to, you know, even um, handle the way or understand the way that you want to love them. Some people haven't, uh, haven't arrived or haven't experienced, um, you know, true love or someone who wants to know them for who they are and not for what they look like or what they have. Some people don't have the emotional capacity um, to handle that kind of love that's responsible, um, that's mature, um, that's spiritual, um, and, and that and a love, a kind of love that can like change and transform you and that communicates that you're ready um, for marriage. And you have to consider where a person is at um, mentally. You know, are, are, I've come to, and this is just through discernment and, excuse me, people that I've, that I've talked to or ministered to, you, you often find that when there's like emotional damage there um, or some type of, of discrepancy of, of what people have experienced in their past, um, our emotions can um, affect the way that we that we think that we think, and I'm and I'm talking about like um, you know mental stability. When you're you know you've heard the you know the term when someone says that you're solid, that means that you're consistent, um, that you're level-headed, that you're able to, to think rationally and and logically and clearly about you know certain things. Um, you're able to determine the forecast of what someone is thinking and who they are and their character. And I've come to find out, um, and I'm not saying like I'm clinically diagnosing anyone. I do know that the Holy Spirit reveals things to me. I come to find out, and this is just through experiences of talking to different people that when there's emotional um, damage there, it affects the person's mental capacity um, to, you know, be consistent in, in their thinking and their decision-making um, and also in their character and who they are. And, and when that, when you come across someone who's, you know, who comes off as a little bit mentally off or something, um, you know, I'm not saying like there, there's something psychologically wrong with them or, or there is some type of mental disorder or anything. Um, but with anyone, when you're, when you're off emotionally, it can, it can affect the way that you think. Um, I know it's happened to me where, you know, I just need, I can't think clearly because I'm dealing, I'm sorting through my emotions and your, your emotions can override your, you know, your ability to think clearly, um, when it comes to persons who are, um, are emotionally wounded, um, there is a, a lack of like self-control and, and rationality and, and how they think. So you, you want to consider where a person is at mentally, um, and not just dealing with emotional wounds, but also, you know, m mature, being mature enough, um, to think, 
um, and to make decisions in a you know very uh, stable um, rational way and you know person is not mature enough they're not going to have the mental capacity to understand again the way that you want to love or the way that you understand love and then you have to consider where a person is at spiritually and this and this this ties to um, someone's relationship with Christ and when you think about you know the definition of the slavery complex within the context of Christianity trying to be Christ to someone um, you you have to you, you got to know where a person is at in Christ. They may not be committed. And hear me when I say these. I'm, I'm not judging people. These aren't judgmental statements. These are spiritual realities. So when you when you're discerning with the Holy Spirit. Um, you're, you're able to see where a person is at in Christ. And if that person is, is not at a place where that you are, you got to be able to understand and and see if you entering their life um, is going to have an adverse effect. Because not everyone is, is open um, to even hear to even conceive the things that you are probably experiencing in, in, in Christ. It may sound uh, foolish and foreign to them. And if you come in and and I'm, and I'm as I'm saying this, I'm speaking from experience experiences. Um, there are the certain things that I can't just come out and confide in a person about another Christian about. Of course, if I'm led by the Holy Spirit, then 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 yes, that's you know that's God's doing, that's God's working, that's something that He probably want to impart, or someone want to impart in me, you know, vice versa. Um, but you're not going to just come out and just start sharing certain things, knowing where that person is at in Christ. And it takes it takes wisdom. It takes wisdom um, and spiritual discernment to determine that. So you have to consider where a person is at spiritually. If they're if they are in a place where um, where they're growing and they're passionate, and you you want to you know a, a good teacher, and, th and this is one of the most you know one of the most powerful things about Christ was that he began to teach them in a way that they can understand when he first called them. So when he called them, they were disciples. But as they spent more time with the Lord, he began to just reveal more things to them as they had, as they had grown in a relationship with him. And they went from disciples to being commissioned to be apostles and then he was able to talk to them at the level of their apostleship and when it comes to dating you you gotta know where that person is at because this can very well determine 
one if you're equally yoked, which is a topic I'm gonna that I'm going to talk about after this. Um, after this discussion, you have to know whether or not you're equally yoked. Um, and you you have to really pay attention to, you know, how that person is is living. Um, they may not be where you're at again. Um, they may not have the discipline um, that you have um, or the kind of knowledge and understanding that you have about God and, and the word. And you can end up overwhelming that person and trying to impart something that is not their time for them to receive. And, and that's how you can do damage and cause confusion and arguments um, and so discord. So you, you gotta, you gotta, you have to be very, very discerning where a person is at spiritually. And, you know, you can, you can ask that person certain questions, but don't make it, you know, an experience where the, the person feels like you're interviewing them or you're testing them. Um, sometimes your questions are answered without you having to ask them. Your relationship, you know, I mentioned today, um, maybe it was last night that I mentioned in the post that your relationship with Christ is something that you can't hide. You can't hide it. You can listen to someone say, I'm, you know, I'm, I'm a believer or I'm, you know, I'm, I love the Lord. Or I read the word, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. But sooner or later, that's going to, that's going to show in their lifestyle and what they watch, what they listen to, um, who they hang around, how they socialize and, and what they, what that person does on their day to day, um, living, you know, you're, you're going to be able to discern where that person is at, um, in Christ. And, you know, and if you see that that person may not be where they are and you try to pursue them without the confirmation, um, of God, you can end up causing, you know, that person damage and, you know, that's a hiccup on their journey. So you got to consider where a person is at emotionally, mentally, and spiritually. Um, and you got to know if their heart um, and understanding can handle um, to what extent they're able to love you. Everyone doesn't have the way that you desire to be loved. That person may not have the capacity to give it. And you will, if you try to force someone to love you in a way that you feel or, you, you know, that you should be loved, um, that person is going to start to pull away um, because it feels unnatural. It's going to feel forced to them. Um, and it just may not, you know, they just may not have the capacity. And there's nothing wrong with that. Um, everyone has different love languages um and there there are some people who may not be at a place where they're willing to step out of their comfort zone uh to give you what you need and and that's that's just that's a reality and there's nothing wrong with that because when you do um when you do find someone matter of fact we put it this way when God brings the love of the love of your life to you, 
and you may not speak the same love language, but that person may love you so much to the point that they're willing to learn it. And those who aren't willing to learn it um, may not be the person that God has for you. I hope this is making sense to you. So you can't you can't try to be Christ um, to someone that God can only change or transform. That's just a reality. You can't. You have to. You know, it's okay to have a a heart for someone um, to want to love that person. Um, and and help them but you can't you can't help everyone in that way and you gotta you have to ask yourself the question um do you want that person to have a relationship with christ um to be with you or do you really care about their personal growth because that person will grow but it may not be with you and the more that you try to, you know, to lead someone on to a place that you're going to in the Lord or where you aspire to be, um, they may not, that may not be something that they even want at this point in life. Because again, everyone is, isn't on the, everyone isn't on the same page or the same journey and their walk with the Lord and the one thing that we do have in common is that we do love Jesus and that we accepted you know Christ into our heart as Lord and Savior and we believe in the Father we believe in the Holy Spirit um, and another reality is some people don't believe all the things um, that's in the word of God so like you know these are things that you have to you know find out um maybe not in the first conversation, but you know, in the early stages of your walk with the Lord, because you, you want to know, you know, who you're, who you're with and, and who you're pursuing. And if this person is ideal or not, um, um, to pursue. So you, you got to ask yourself the question, you, you got to do a, heart check and, and and ask yourself you know do you want that person to have a relationship with Christ um, you know to be with you or do you really care about their personal growth because if you do care um, about their personal growth the reality is that they will grow but it may not it may not be with you and you know one of the one of the most tough, tough, um, toughest decisions that you may have to make. And I, I've, I've made this decision, um, quite a few times and it, you know, you know, I can tell you from experience that it sucks. Um, sometimes you have to let people go for them to grow. And it's not your responsibility. I have another quote that I want to that I want to share with you. Um, that is relevant 
uh, to the Savory Complex. And it reads, it's never your responsibility to convince someone they're losing a good thing in you. And if that's true, allow God to reveal it to that person. It would sound better coming from God than you. Why? You got to be very, very careful um, about how you end things with someone. And you, one of the things that you don't want to do is to tell to tell someone, "Oh, you're losing a good thing." You have you have you have no idea what you're doing. Why one is going to come off? It's coming from you, so it's 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 biased. Uh, second, it can come off as manipulative, as if you're trying to manip- you're trying to you're trying to speak on behalf of God to that person by saying. You're making a, you're making a a mistake, and if that person is making a mistake, then allow God to reveal that to the person. Because it coming from you, it it's not going to do, um, it's not going to do any good. It's probably going to push the person further away, um, or create a narrative in their mind that you are manipulative. And we know that, you know, manipulation is a it's a form of witchcraft where you're trying to control someone through a spiritual means um, by throwing God into it to justify that what you're saying is true. And I've had women do this to me and say, you don't you know, you looking for this godly woman and look what you look at what you're doing now. Like who is it's not in her place to say that. And if anything, if God reveals to you that that person is your, the one that you want to marry, he's going to reveal it to the other person. Because I, I, I know that confirmation, um, it comes to both people. It's not just one person that God has revealed his will to, not to the other person. So if you have, if you have done that and and still, you know, you still have that thought in your mind that you need to express that, that that person is losing a good thing, then you I think it'd be a great idea um, to not do that. And you might want to just repent to God for that, because it's not in your place um, to be Christ to anyone. So you got to have balance with the savory complex. It doesn't mean that you can't have a good heart, um, that you can't pray and intercede on behalf of people. Um, you got to check your motives and, and, and ask yourself, you know, why do you do what you do? Um, and anything, you know, if I'm, if I'm posting a quote, um, you know, something about the Lord, I want to make sure that it's, it's coming directly from him. Um, because if it's, if it's come, it's coming from me, then there, there's, you know, more than likely there's going to be some type of motive or ulterior motive of why I'm doing what I'm doing. Or if you want to pray and intercede on behalf of someone, you got to ask yourself what's leading you to pray and intercede. Is it the spirit of God or, or is it your emotions that you're attracting to the person and you can visualize 
that person fitting into your life and doing life with Christ with you the you see the the human spirit the human heart our emotions is not like the spirit of God it has its own faculty um, by, by faculty I mean it's its own governmental system it has its own will it gratifies you know different things of the spirit um, the human spirit the flesh it, it wants what it wants and it will speak on, the on behalf of God if you don't have it in check so is it the spirit of God that's lead leading you uh, to court uh, to pray uh, to read the word of God with you know what is it and, and there is on, on the other hand there's, there's nothing wrong with like fellowship you know you can fellowship with someone um, but you got to make sure that it's, it's Christ centered uh, and the spirit led uh, because if you're doing these things um you know, with the the notion in mind that, well, I can see myself being with this person, and you know, I I said earlier, no one, no one gives their time to someone that they're not interested in. No one gives their time to someone that they're not interested in, um, and and by that I mean I'm speaking in the context of of dating. And courtship and and being interested in someone. It's wise to be upfront with uh, the other person of or what you're asking or or what you have in mind or whatever it is that you want to do. Um, that is that is Christ-like or Christ-centered, so that the other person knows um, what your motives are. You know what's in your heart. Why why, why are you doing this? Um, you don't want to try to play Christ um, in anyone's life because you like them because you're attracted to them or because they are an ideal candidate um, for an equally old relationship but you have to examine your heart and you have to use wisdom um, when it comes to helping people, um, sometimes help mean it, some. Sometimes help means uh, just just interceding and not even having a conversation with that person, but just praying um, and interceding on, on on behalf. You know, in secret. And that concludes um, this message the savior complex the next topic that I'm, I'm going to tackle is uh, equally yoked or unequally yoked probably tying um, the two in and this is a very important um, discussion that to have um, and I'm sure that you have heard similar talks about you know what it means to be equally yoked um, and that's great. Um, the also thing, the awesome thing about God is that He He pours out um, His Spirit on all flesh, and He reveals 
um, different things um, to different people about the same topic. So you want to hear it coming from, uh, from you know, the wisdom and the insight that God has given me about being unequally yoked. So that concludes the Savior Complex. Don't hesitate to drop a comment. Um, you can, I said before that you can email me your comments, but I'm okay with you writing it. And, you know, when I post the podcast on my, um, on my platforms, you're, you know, you're welcome to, to drop a comment or feedback or what, you know, what God revealed to you in it. Um, you know, I only say the email if it's, if I think it's going to be a lengthy message and I, to be honest, um, longer messages are reader friendly in email format. Um, I get overwhelmed and I'm not, I'm not going to be honest. I get extremely overwhelmed when I get DMS and they're like six paragraphs long. Like I'm a guy. Um, and maybe other men can attest to this, but sometimes it overwhelms us. Um, so I know for me personally, for me, it, it takes me a little bit longer to respond when it's, when it's a very long message and maybe because I'm writing all the time and reading all the time and, balancing life and work um stuff with my novel um if you haven't picked up my novel Hill for Love I'm going to I'm going to throw that in there um you're missing you're truly missing out it's called Healed for Love it's available on on Amazon iBooks uh Google Play um it's in the ebook format uh with Barnes and Noble and if you're living in the UK, there's a link um, on my Instagram page, my link tree. And that's if you are outside of the US, um, that link will take you to uh, different platform platforms where you can purchase um, my book. If you want an autographed copy, a signed copy of Healed for Love, you can email me. And what I do is that since I'm on a print on demand uh, model with Amazon, with Amazon um, meaning that when someone places an order with me, I'll place an order with Amazon. I have the book. I pay for the book. It gets shipped to me. I sign it and then I send it out to you, USPS. So if you want a, a signed copy, you can email me. This is my email. It's I. A M M E L V I N D A V I S at gmail.com. It's I am Melvin Davis at gmail.com. If you want to sign copy, send me an email. Send me an email um, with your mailing address and um, you know the shipping options are priority. It's up to you. Priority is usually what people prefer. It gets to you in two to three days or media mail, um, which is the least uh, expensive route. Um, but it takes you longer to get there. I think it's like probably under four bucks. Um, but if you want to sign a copy of my novel, Hill for Love, and that's H-E-A-L-E-D, Love. It's a Christian uh, 
biblically based love story. My first book, and it's blessing people tremendously. God is moving. God is speaking. His presence is manifesting. Um, people are encountering the Holy Spirit. Um, people are being healed. People are beginning their healing process. It's opening up wounds. Um, I'm currently working on the workbook um, for Heal for Love, which will be available um, in more than likely paperback and ebook and also an audio version. I'm excited about doing the audio version. So it's going to be me recording um, the workbook and, and prayerfully in, a, in some time in the future, I can do an audio, the audio version uh, of Heal for Love. It's a little bit challenging doing that because I got multiple characters in the story, uh, four of which are women. I don't got that kind of talent to be able to uh, alter my voice in a way to sound like a woman. I just can't do that. I'm not gifted. So if you know someone who's willing to maybe play a role, Jennifer Washington, she has a Caribbean accent. So that's going to be very important for uh, the consistency uh, with the character in the story. So I hope you enjoy the Savior Complex. My next topic is Equally Yoked. Um, I'm excited about that because I got some keen insight um, that the Lord has, you know, revealed to me. I love when God just drops um, the inspiration um, to my spirit of the downloads. So you're welcome to share passes podcast on. You can post it in your, your story, share it with your friends and your family. If it's touched you, let me know. Um, it's always great to have feedback. It's not to say that I'm looking for confirmation to uh, what God has revealed to me. Um, to get feedback of, of how it's blessing you, it blesses me. And... And it humbles me and it makes me want to praise and glorify God more. So thank you so much for listening and thank you for your time. I truly appreciate you. And I'm going to pray before I go. I never want to close a message out without praying for you um, and lifting your spirits. If you have the savior complex, it's not a bad thing. It just means you have a heart for God and you have a heart for people. But you have to practice wisdom. You need the wisdom of God to the wisdom of God will tell you when, how, when, you know, I'm sorry, when, how, where and why you're doing what you're doing, why you're saying what you're saying. And if you need to say it. If you need to approach that person, the wisdom of God is going to is going to give you the timing for it. And you need a discernment. You have to be able to discern what's in a person's heart. Um, thank you, Jesus, for this message. Thank you so much, Lord, for um, your mind. Jesus, your mind is, is not like any other. Your mind is totally different from ours. 
totally different from the world, totally different from culture. Jesus, your mind is holy and it's pure. There's no confusion going on, going on in your mind. You're not divided. Your heart is for, for the Father. You only speak what the Father reveals to you. You speak exactly what he reveals to you verbatim. You only do what he shows you to do. And for that, Jesus, we want to stay connected to you. You are the true vine. We are the branches. And we know, Lord, that we cannot bear any fruit outside of you. And so, Jesus, we ask you to prune our hearts, to prune our motives. That you will bring clarity to places where there is just great confusion. Lord, you're not the author of confusion. You're not divided with the Father or the Holy Spirit. You're all, you're all on one accord. You all, you all are in agreement with each other. So it's, 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 it's impossible for us to abide in you and to live in division, um, or in host hostility in this earth. So Lord, just, just remove the scales from our eyes. Give us a heart of discernment and understanding that we may come into agreement with your word and your ways. Jesus, I ask you just to clear the confusion right now. I, I just sense right now that there is great confusion and cloudiness to the person that's listening right now. Jesus does not cause confusion. He doesn't draw, draw people into um, dysfunctional and hostile situations. He might call, he might call you to love in the hostile place, but he doesn't call you to heartbreak. And if you are in a situation when your heart is broken, that he can take what you experience and what you're going through for his glory. I've spoken to a person recently about, and she might laugh, you know, and she's listening to uh, this message. Um, but I pray for someone who was in a relationship that, who the Lord revealed to her that she was unequally yoked with. And now she's been asked to preach a message about the topic of being equally yoked. How beautiful and awesome that is. I mean, look at the genius and the wisdom of God. That he can take something that he sees you walking towards that's not his will and still use it for his glory. That is so beyond my comprehension. Thank you, Jesus, for being sovereign. Thank you for your spirit right now, Lord, that I just feel just moving on me, Lord. Jesus, I love you so much, and I know that you love your people. You care about you care about your sheep. So much so that you will leave the 99 to go after the one. How loving and thoughtful is that, Lord Jesus? Lord, there's so much that we don't know, know about you that we desire to come into a place to experience in you, Lord. We're not seeking an intellectual or theological understanding of who you are. Theology is nothing. It does nothing 
but gives us an interpretation of who you are and who we think you are. But intimacy brings us to experience you and relationship. We want intimacy, Lord, with you. We want to encounter you in a very personable way that will change and transform our lives in a way that we think about you forever. Lord, I remember earlier, um, maybe yesterday morning, Lord, as you were just dropping revelation in, 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 into my spirit, and you, you revealed to me, Lord, that whenever you were teaching in, in, in the scripture, you, you never said, in my opinion, from my perspective, or these are my thoughts, but it says in your word that you only speak what you hear the Father speaking. You only do what you see the Father doing. You're not just making something up about you're not using your own will to teach who you are. You, you are the word. But all your teaching, your revelation comes from the Father. Lord, help us to speak your word. Give us ears to hear what you're saying and show us what you want us to do so that we don't bring confusion into someone else's life that we're not bringing our own thoughts and perspectives our own opinions and interpretations of what we think your word is saying or what you think your voice is saying but lord clear the channel remove the noise remove our pride pride that tries to pull something out of nowhere to to put words to what we think you're saying. And Holy Spirit, you are the master teacher. You, you have been sent to us for many reasons. And one of those reasons is, is to teach us the word of God. So Holy Spirit, I just pray that we come to you because you are our first teacher. And Henry, when I say this, I'm not saying that Jesus can't teach us. I'm saying that he sent the Holy Spirit to teach and guide us. So we can also go to Holy Spirit and ask him to teach us the word of God. And he will answer you. It's, uh, when I pray, I say to the Holy Spirit, teach me. Whenever, whatever, whatever I'm reading, I ask the Holy Spirit to teach me. Something I don't understand. I ask the Holy Spirit to teach me. And he will show up and, and teach you. I pray that you get to a, a place in your walk with Christ. That you no longer depend on sermons to feed your spirit. That you no longer depend on, on sermons uh, for God to speak to you. And that's not to say that whatever the Lord reveals to a man and woman in Christ that he's not do, that he's not giving the messages to to give to the body. The word of God also says to work out your own salvation. That you have direct access to the Father, to Jesus and Holy Spirit. 
the veil has been broken. You see, in the Old Testament, only the priests, only the priests were allowed, you know, in the, in the Holy Tabernacle. They were only allowed to go behind the veil from the holy place to the most holy place. You see, when Jesus died, that veil ripped. It parted open. The, the curtain, the curtains will pull back. And now you, my brother, my sister in Christ, you can go into that secret place. You can go into the most holy place. Because we all are now a royal priesthood. You have direct access to Christ and he can speak to you. The Father can speak to you. The Holy Spirit can speak to you. He can teach you the word when you're by yourself. The same way that he can teach you in the community with other believers. The same way that he can speak to you when you're at a meeting um, or at or at a church, some some building, he can talk to you the same way. One on one. The word says that when you go into your secret place, close the door. Do you think that God is asking to go into your secret place to close the door so he doesn't so that he's silent? The devil is a liar. So I pray for the discipline. That you develop the discipline to go into your secret place. And ask the Lord to give you the patience to wait. And then this is a tough thing. Even I struggle with this sometimes. Because the flesh is so busy and it's always on the go. It does not want to wait for the presence of the Lord. But your spirit does. The flesh is weak, but the spirit is willing. And it's in Jesus' name that I pray. Amen.